Thanks. All right, joining us now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, his weekly visit, uh, Terry Blunt, Smoking Sports with Terry Blunt, our weekly conversation with Terry. You can catch his show on Saturdays, 11 uh, to 1 o'clock, right here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Good afternoon to you, sir. All right, gentlemen. Okay, here's how to make the spelling bee really fun and incorporate sports into it. Okay. It's very easy to win the spelling bee. Yeah. The very final question to win it all, you have to be able to spell Zepchinski. Ooh. Or, <laughs> or, G-O-N-E. Or, or yeah, Zepchinski or Shashevsky. you got to be able yeah. to spell Mark Zepchinski. Good yeah. luck with that. Uh, there uh, we go. Yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, no, I can't even come close. R C Y E. <laughs> Something. That's why I think I'm done. Oh, I've, I've done it a thousand times, and it's still hard every time. Uh, also, oh, yeah. uh, we've been giving ourselves new burner account names for Twitter, Terry. Uh, gas, in a, it's your favorite character of a movie's first name and the last thing you ate. So Gas is Ace Cherry Bomb. Uh, I have oh, gone okay. with, with Red Pizza. And uh, wow. Jackson is Marty Frosted Flakes, and then uh, Curtis Calhoun, which is not his real name, is James Quesadilla. What uh, what would be yours? Who's your favorite movie character's first name? And then the last thing you ate. Wow, wow. Uh, uh, Braveheart Donuts? Braveheart? Well, what was his name? His, bra- his oh, name oh, wasn't well, Braveheart. What was well, his not, name? That's not near as much fun. William Wallace? That's okay. not anywhere. Huh? William Donuts. Yeah. William Donuts. William Donuts. So donuts is the last thing you ate, Jesus, huh? Terry, what kind of, you're not a, well, what are you doing? Uh, well, I love donuts. What's the matter with you? What kind of donut did so, you have specifically? Uh, I had just a plain glaze, just a regular plain glazed donut. It's a straight, so straight what, shot. So at William Glazed. That actually is pretty good. That's your new. That's your new burner you Twitter name. There like you the go. Braveheart Glaze. At that, William Glaze. All right. What do you make of uh, the big news? At least here with the Seahawks will be uh, with Brandon Marshall. What do you What do you make of the signing of thirty four year old Brandon Marshall? Well, you know, thirty four is not ancient that's if true. he's healthy. Yep. You know, I mean, I the the guy definitely can play if he's healthy. I I like it just because he's a big receiver. That's exactly what the doctor ordered. Uh, I think the guy can still play. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But he can't. You know, look, they've got nothing on the other side really over there in terms of a big receiver that they can go to that has any any history of being good in the NFL. Okay, nothing. They've got Baldwin. They have another little guy in Lockett and a bunch of guys that are just scrabble. So how could it not be a good thing? What have they got to lose? What have they got to lose? Just bring the guy in and see if he still has a little magic left, enough to help you and keep the other side of the defense honest a little bit. So I, I, I like it. I could argue that this is just more, I think, I think a lot would agree, this is more of the ripple of the McDowell story, and you kind of find yourself wondering, when is that ever going to end? You know, because they might still have curse. Yeah, never. <laughs> right. It feels like this is just ongoing. And so now you're having to put all your, not all your hopes, but put your hopes on a pretty good contract, really, with Marshall. And now we'll see if he can play. But, but curse should be in that slot. And, you know, it's no doubt. It's frustrating. They, they miss him. People just don't think about that. They really miss him. That was a trade that, you know, for one year didn't work out. They went for broke and it didn't work out, which Schneider admits, by the way. He said, we were going for broke. It didn't work. But now you pay the price for that, and it's hurt them. There's no doubt about it. It's definitely hurt them. But, you know, there are cases in history where an older receiver went to a team where it looks like he was done, and he did well. You know, uh, Terrell Owens is one example. You know, it's happened. So I, I hope 
he can. I just the only little tiny fear, and I know that he's really changed a lot in his life and he's gotten his life together. We just don't want another Percy Harvin situation where a guy doesn't get along with his teammates and he's a malcontent and he's just he's just out there, you know. And I don't think it will be. I really don't. I think uh, I think he's kind of gotten his life together the last couple of years, and I, I hope that along with that means he can still get out there and get something to do, him done. And he really does. He does fit their mold of this guy with a chip on his shoulder wanting to show everybody, see, you were wrong about me. I still can play. So if he comes in and he caught 45 passes for them and scored five touchdowns, I would think that would be I just as good as they could possibly hope for. Yeah, they, exactly what they were looking for. They uh, they just so, rele- uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Terry. They they just Field Yates just released his contract details. His, his base I saw salary, that, yes. and it seems like yeah, that's talk about as good as it gets. Yeah. I mean, the, they're on the line for almost nothing there. Yeah, his his base salary is a million. Signing bonus is ninety. Uh, his incentives uh, it can reach all the way up to two point one five five million. Forty to forty nine receptions, seventy five thousand. 50 to 59 is 125, 60 to 69 is 250, 70 or more is 350, uh, between 500 and 599 yards is 75, and then by, it goes up by a, uh, to 125 between 6 and 669. So, or, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what he can do. I'm glad you brought up Percy Harvin because all I thought about yesterday, and I, I could have predicted the reaction from everybody in this town, mm-hmm. when I listened to Brandon Marshall's press conference yesterday, I knew exactly what everyone was going to say and what everyone was going to write about. Oh, he seems like a changed person. He seems like yeah. he seemed yeah. like he was re- re- very mea culpa. Wow, what a, I kept seeing this on Twitter. Wow, what a great press conference. And the thing I kept thinking back to, and I was guilty of this, was Percy Harvin because I did the same yeah. thing after Percy Harvin's press conference. Wow, boy, he sounded great. <laughs> he unbelievable. And look what happened yeah. to Percy Harvin. And the thing is, I'll disagree what was written about today and even talked about. Okay, he hasn't had any of these incidents since 2011 when he was diagnosed with a borderline personality disorder. Sheldon Richardson, quote on him from the New York Jets, and I have it right in front of me, he eviscerated Brandon Marshall. He was like one of the worst teammates he's ever had. The same thing yeah. was said in Chicago. They hated him in Chicago. They said he divided the locker room in Mark Tressman. Matt Forte couldn't stand him because he kept going to film in his NFL film show. So I think people need to pump the brakes on this whole. He's really yeah, changed I know. his life. You know, all guys always come in. Yesterday, you know, I talked to last night at the Mariners game. I was talking to Curtis Crabtree. He said he just seems so sincere. I go, yeah, we've been down that road yeah. before, you know. And I hear you. It's a, it's a little bit scary. And uh, the, the biggest problem I have with it in, in terms of what you're saying is the, the Seahawks have gone down this road to not do that this year, to get rid of all these kind of guys, to bring in only – high character guys they did that in the draft you know they want to basically eliminate all the distractions so now you bring in a guy that at least in his past has had all these kind of off the field problems and problems with his teammates so it kind of goes against the grain of what they said they were doing and what their new strategy and fundamentals were you know so that's my my only problem with it but if he is who he seemed to be and if he has learned you know his lessons and, and recovered because of all the things he's done to change his life then i know he can play i really believe he still can play and i i think he could help them so it's a risk sometimes you have to take risk they just didn't find they didn't think they had it tells you how bad they think they are at the other wide receiver spot that's what it tells me 
Well, and, and that's no surprise to me. And, and and then also this, let's get back to what they're paying him. And this isn't necessarily Pete's mo, but he could go Belichick on this and go, look, the first little sign we see that you're going off the program, you're gone. You're out because because yeah. they're not handcuffed to this deal in any way. They could they could cut him tomorrow. So so may, maybe it is the best of all worlds to where you say, look, you're going to have to walk the line here and do what we tell you because we don't have to keep you. But do you want a guy? Well, and that's the difference. That's the difference in the Percy Harvin deal. They were on the line for an awful lot of money right, with right. Percy Harvin, no yeah, matter they, what. They had to be invested in that. I guess my my right. I guess my only point to it would be the counter to that. And I agree because there's you're not spending much money on him, right. so who cares? You can cut him. Do you even want him potentially potentially poisoning the well for some of these younger wide receivers that you have on this team already? And I'm t- you know I'm talking about Darbo, some of the other guys that they have on, even Lockett, even though he's going into his fourth year. You want a guy that has been accused of being a, lo- a locker room cancer as as as. As you know, last in 2016, I mean, you know, when Sheldon Richardson's quote on him goes, the man knows what he did to our locker room on an interview in ESPN. I was the one who addressed it and would still address it to this day. If he can't come out to the media and tell him what he did, he actually quit on this team. He says he quit on this team. Yeah. And this is the quote that I that I thought about all the time yesterday listening to him talk and, and going back and looking at all the issues he's been arrested for since 2004. And I kept coming back to this. Sheldon Richardson said in an interview, it's everybody's fault except for his. And that's the main common theme I've always read with him is that in all these cases, the domestic abuse, which he's been, it's eight times, again, never charged. It's everybody else's fault but his fault. And I don't know. I just... I'm just not excited yeah. about Brandon Marshall. I guess that's in a yeah. nutshell. I'm just not into it. But Terry, Terry, you're right. This shows how they kind of felt. They feel like, hey, this is this is we got to roll the dice on this guy because we can get him right now. And I'm sure they've got a short leash on him. Right. I imagine that came up before they signed him. They said, you know, look, you know, we you've got to come in here and and fly right, or or it's over. Yeah, you know, this is your last shot. And, and just and go back to just to circle back, and then we'll move on. The Percy Harvin thing, I, it's not obviously the same thing. You were married to Percy because of right. what you gave up and what you did. My point was, just was with the press conference. People need to just oh, yeah. relax about getting so like, oh, my God, wow, what a great press conference. It was literally identical to Percy Harvin. And Percy well, Harvin turned out to be, be Who comes in in their very first press conference at a new city with a new That's team true. says, yeah, you know, I wish I wasn't here. I don't like any of you guys. I don't want to talk <laughs> right. to you. No right. one does that. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it here. I never really liked playing here. Uh, yeah, right, right. It's <laughs> not yeah. for me. It's cold. I don't like What do you mean it's 65 degrees in almost June? I don't like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you bummed out? Are you excited for game one of the finals tonight, Terry Blunt? Uh, no, yeah. I'm not. You know, I, I, I wanted to see one of those two teams, either Boston or Houston, get in. And, uh, I, you know, it's great. I know I realize we're talking about possibly – the best team ever against the best player ever. But I just don't like seeing the same show over and over and over again. And I really think I'd be shocked if Cleveland can play with them despite how great LeBron is. I'll, I'll be stunned if they can, and maybe they can. Now, if they do, if Cleveland really is in it, if they win tonight or to really show some surprise there to all of us, then I'll get more into it. But I just, I'm not that into it because I wanted to see one of the other teams get in and I don't think Cleveland can play with Golden State. But this has been the NBA for really all my life. There's It's always the dynasties. More than any other league, it's the teams get up there and they stay up there for three or four or five years. And, 
and and I know what you mean. It's it's fun to see some some new blood occasionally, but in some ways, it's also fun to think about. I I think this would be a, obviously a much more excitable series if we if if people felt Cleveland had some kind of a shot here. It would then be like, all right, redemption from sure. last year. But but it's like everybody's given up on them, which I can't wait to see how they react tonight and how they play in game one. Because anyway, you, you're right. We'll look back on it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. It's always like that in in the in history of big of these great teams and great players who face each other. We'll we'll look back and say, boy, do you remember that this that and that? And of course we will, because these are you know phenomenal athletes in any sport on these two teams. It, it really is incredible when you think of it in that fashion. But I just – and another thing is that you're, you're right. It's always been about dynasties in the NBA. The thing that's different to me now is the regular season has got less and less and less meaningful. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like, you know, yeah, okay, as long as we finish in the top four and get in the playoffs, we're okay. And, and it's still the teams you expected to be there, even though neither one of them had great regular seasons. So it just – it's kind of diminished the regular season for me a little bit. And so, yeah, but it's – they, we are talking about some of the greatest players that have ever played the game. And the other thing, I'm, one thing I'm going to talk about on the show we're going to bring up a little bit Saturday is, is I have become a real Debbie Downer about the three-point line. I just, I just think it's become way too big a part of the game. I really do, and I don't. I, I think it needs. We're going. I'm going to do a, a, a one of my famous surveys. You know, if you want to do use your burner account, that's fine. I don't care. Okay. By the way, until until two days ago, I never even knew what. I never even heard of a burner account. But anyway, <laughs> shows how out of touch I am. But yeah, I mean, do you is the are you okay with a three point line like it is? Would you like it to be further out? Would you like it to be closer mm-hmm. in? Would you like it to do away with it altogether? Because mm-hmm. right now, in my opinion. I think it's become such a gigantic part of the game that it's taken away too many other things from the game that I used to love. Okay. Well, watching the Rockets the other night, again, they just seemed yeah. incapable of yeah. doing anything. And I understand they had gotten there, but it doesn't matter how you got there. When you've got to win one game to stay alive, you've got to have more than one go-to move. And, I mean, it was I thought, yeah. I thought that was one of the worst examples I've ever seen of a, of a coach and a team just not adjusting to what was going on and saying, hey, we got to find a way to win this game, and it's not going to be throwing up 40-footers. we got to figure out a way to get a better look. It was. It was live or die oh. with the long arc, and that was it. And they died with it. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Uh, All right, uh, yeah. what else you got coming up on Saturday, Terry? We're going to well, reveal it now our, uh, in light of the NBA Finals for the uh, Mount Rushmore this week. I'm going to ask people who is their all-time NBA Mount Rushmore. Not current players. Oh. I mean, you can have current players on there, of course. Yeah. And obviously one of them is definitely going to make it. But your all-time NBA Mount Rushmore. I got mine. Who are those four guys? Do we, we don't get five? Can I have five? Why, why does it have to be four? Just because Mount well, you know, Rushmore has four. Yeah, you know, you know what? Four. You know, it's Mount Rushmore. Right. I, I mean, it is. A, play it, along, will you? Play will you? Players. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, know that's a just, very fair point. Why don't we make that doesn't want to play along. I'm in an antagonistic mood today. I'm sorry. Mine's MJ, Magic, Larry, Kareem. Wow! Right there, there you you're done. There you yeah. Was that four? But or you know three? what? I think I will make it a five. I like that. It's we start five players. I mean, come on, yeah. <laughs> make it six. No, it's Mount Rushmore. We need a it's sixth man. Four. If there's six, I'll put Dell of Shrimp in as the sixth man. It's three no, minute abs. It's not two minute abs, Terry. It's three minute abs. <laughs> come on. That's right. Who do you got it for? We're quickly? Do a little bit on that. Yeah, last uh, night, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the incredible double by No Wheels Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Who managed to barely get uh, in on what anyone else would have been a stand up? Barely. Yeah. So. So, in light of that, I did a little uh, Twitter survey on, okay, here is your Seattle 
sprint to the finish, champions of these four guys in a 50-yard dash, who do you take? Nelson Cruz was one of them. Mm-hmm. New Seattle guard DJ Fluker, who is 6'5", 245. Mm-hmm. Former UW defensive tackle Vita Vea, who is 6'4", 245. Or Bigfoot. Those are your four choices. Vita Vea. I'd take Bigfoot, I think. Oh, Vita, by the way, Vita Vea is going to win at landslide. By the way, I look First of all, Bigfoot's been on the DL with a hand. 140 in the combine. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible for a guy of his size. He's going to win it. But what's really interesting, though, is. Is Bigfoot's like four to one over Nelson Cruz? He's, he's, he's well, people Nelson. don't realize the Bigfoot's got an Achilles problem, Terry. When they find that out, <laughs> right. they're not going to vote for him. That's right. He's had concussion issues. He's in yeah, protocol. He's, yeah. All right, Terry. Appreciate. It. We'll uh, we'll listen to you on Saturday, eleven to one, right here on nine fifty. Oh, KJ. by the way, your own Jackson's going to be on as well. To talk soccer. All right, there we go, Felty on Saturday as well. All right, Terry, have a fun show on Saturday. Our own Jackson. Thanks, guys. All Bye. right, Jackson Felt will make an appearance. We got Mount Rushmore. Did you give me a Mount Rushmore? I, I did. I'd go Doc J. Yeah. Kareem, uh, God, I guess Jordan LeBron.